Hi, and welcome back to another episode. Sorry for disappearing last week. I've been busy collecting a handful of new interviews with amazing animators from around the world that I couldn't be more excited to share with you in the coming months. This week, however, I'm thrilled to introduce our guest, Eleanor Kopka. I've been a huge fan of Eleanor's work for years and years, so it was an absolute joy getting to finally speak with her about her process and take a peek behind the scenes into how she crafts her gorgeous and grainy worlds. Without further ado, I'm Elijah Morgan, and this is Boiled Over. Hi, Eleanor. Thanks so much for joining me today. To get us started, would you mind introducing yourself and talking a little bit about the work you make? Yeah, sure. I'm Eleanor. I'm an animator, animation director, illustrator. Um, I usually like to work on projects like music videos, uh, short films, um, GIFs, illustrations, anything that moves, basically. Um, and from time to time, I work on uh, computer games, video games, together with my brother, who's a gaming developer. And on those projects, I tend to art direct, illustrate, um, sometimes animate. Um, not on every project, but maybe more animate in the future on those video game projects also. Yeah, that's that's what I do. I'm so excited to talk to you about like all of this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> Particularly the games, because I feel like you've been doing yeah. some stuff recently that I'm, yeah, I'm excited to kind of peek behind the scenes here, hopefully. Um, Great. <laughs> but yeah, I guess before we get into any and all of that, how did you get started in animation? Mm. So I got into animation through a little bit of a detour, even though like listening to your podcast, I realized that I'm like by far not the only one who's come to animation <laughs> with a detour. But like People I tend to art, stumble so, yeah. onto it yeah, by right? accident, it seems like. I lived the longest time thinking that people went to animation school and that's how they become animators, but I'm super wrong about that, I realized. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to art school for book art um, book art and graphic design. So I did a lot of like um, super old school techniques. Um, I studied printmaking, bookmaking, and then I majored in illustration. Um, but everything that I did before that leading up to art school was like my whole childhood and youth. I actually did music. Like I was really big into music all my young life. Um, but like towards the end of my high school time, I realized that the performative aspect of it was like kind of heavy to me. Like I didn't like being on stage. It was stressing me out too much. So I was really longing to pursue something that was a bit on the other side of that spectrum, if you will, like a little bit more, like I wanted to be able to uh, do a project like in my studio, work on the thing meticulously until I like say it's ready. And mm -hmm. then I show it to people and then it's forever, like it's forever going to be the same. So that was like my aim why I wanted to do illustration but then like kind of a couple years into my studies I realized that I slowly started gravitating back towards sound and music and I really wanted to try and find a way to unite the things unite the two things that really made me yeah I don't know excited and um I don't know I just like woke up one day and offered my services as like animator for music videos uh, to my friends who are musicians and I but I'd never like animated one single frame um but I just thought like I have to I have to do it I have to um I have to animate and I just like kind of experimented with lots of different techniques um stop motion drawings um 
we have all sorts of like ways to kind of animate without looking at tutorials because I like I couldn't be bothered and <laughs> and <laughs> but like as soon as I saw the first sort of like stop motion sequence on my camera display I was I was hooked yeah it was magic so I I stuck with it and you just haven't looked back since no I haven't looked back since no <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's amazing I love that yeah no I love hearing too about kind of like your history with music and bookmaking and kind of like all of these other things that play so fundamentally into the animation too. Um, I'm kind of curious as an aside, you mentioned, yeah, like bookmaking and printmaking. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious, um, just in looking at your style, it definitely feels like a print sometimes, um, almost like an etching, mm -hmm. I would say. And I'm wondering kind of how uh, like your history with bookmaking and, and that kind of world plays into your animations. Because um, you talked a little bit about the music already, but yeah, just wondering if, um, yeah, if that does kind of have any relation to your current work. Yeah, I think it heavily impacts the way that my animations look. Like I think especially um, I got very deep into lithography, like uh, stone printing. I don't know mm -hmm. for anyone who's not familiar with that, that's like a, technique where you have a, a very flat stone where you, you you draw with I think oily inks and chalks onto the stone and anywhere where you draw the color kind of gets trapped through a magical chemical process you print what you're drawing opposed to like woodcuts or etchings where you print what you didn't draw so um lithography is great because you can erase things and you can go in there with a like a little scalpels or you can send off parts that you've been drawing and the sending sort of results in a really like sort of grainy gritty texture and this is I did a bunch of that and this immediately impacted like the way that I do drawings and um I think like everything that I've been doing was inspired by lithography I think in the first place so when I went into the computer to start animating digitally I um try to find a way to imitate that and translate this mm. this feeling i think this feeling of like those grains this atmosphere that it gives um because that was how i was drawing in the first place yeah so that's it has so a big cool. influence yeah that's really <laughs> cool to hear too just because um i mean i was planning on being a musician and going to music school and then i decided i didn't like the performative aspect of it um and i ended up minoring in printmaking oh really um, so, anyways, moving on, <laughs> moving on a little bit here. Um, I'm really curious about your process for world building. Um, and each of your animations seems to exist kind of completely in a world of its own, yet feel completely interconnected and tied to one another. Um, and I'm kind of wondering how you even begin to create these worlds and how you feel they kind of relate to one another. That's a really interesting question and it, I, I find it super hard to kind of put words onto it because it's all about like a feeling but I think what I always try to summon in my head is like when I when I try to find settings for my animations and try to kind of think of world um, is this idea that I want to feel like I'm looking through a fence like a or like a hole in the wall into like my neighbor's garden or something and I want to see like a little extract of what's behind and that might already be really interesting. But I think what adds all of the magic is the is everything that you don't see, basically. The, mm. the, the invisible is what adds the magic. And I think that's always something 
And I don't know how people do it, but I sometimes have this feeling when I look at people's um, films or music or, or whatever, drawings, paintings. Sometimes people manage to create this feeling that there's so much more to it, even though they don't explicitly show it. And I'm always like just summoning it somehow. And I'm trying to think of it while I'm, while I'm making my, making my films. Um, I think, I mean, of course, like very simply, there's a relation between my characters. There's like maybe some quotes that I put into films from other things that I've made that maybe only I realize, but you know, that kind of adds a little bit of a yeah, a grain of salt uh, in, in a good way, a little bit of spice. <laughs> um, but and I think like physics also I feel like that kind mm. of maybe is also a big part of my world building or I mean I think in animation in general that every animator has a very specific way of making things move and rules to their physics to their physicality how like the fluidity or the heaviness of objects and I think that's like very very important to what I do because I've never learned how to animate properly, you know, quote unquote. And so I think it's like, it's probably a thing that links everything, you know, the heaviness or the fluidity, the, you know, gooiness of the things that are animate. And that's like part of the world, the rules of that. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's so cool because I feel like, I feel like the physicality of people's worlds, it, it's not something that's often talked about when talking about style. But I think that that's so true that it's so inherent to each animator, mm. um, how things move and how, I mean, obviously, but it, it, yeah, it, it's not obvious when you're not really thinking about it, I guess. Um, mm. But in kind of talking about all of this, a, a short of yours that immediately comes to my mind um, is cooking, of course, because I feel like it was one of the first that I saw. Um, and yeah, it always just stuck with me, but ties music and animation and all of this what we're talking about together so perfectly um and i think like like the physics too um i'm thinking of like the beans for example or like like i don't know um <laughs> the egg but yeah 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 of yeah. course um you know and i'm kind of wondering like specifically within the series because i think there are three right yeah um yeah how how did you go about working on kind of like a little trilogy like this um, <laughs> rather than like mm. kind of a standalone series and how did those relate to each other? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I I started off with the first one kind of thinking it was going to be one. So, but I was I already had in mind that it would be cool to have like some sort of a cooking show, like a, <laughs> like a couple of, I was like thinking I, I would like to make recipes, you know, def different recipes. I think right. it could continue forever, but sort of, I think I made the point with three. It's not, it's not <laughs> endless. So um, but like going in, I only thought I was going to make one, but then the feeling of like, I don't know, like just making food behave in a way that it, dozens in reality it was just, just so much fun and then like it has you can you can do it so many times with so many different foods I guess that it kind of became a trilogy um and it's also like I'm, I'm very much like thinking about the, the suffering of the food you know the food is suffering while it's being cooked and it almost has this sort of like renaissance like the heaviness of the like it's, it has to be it has to be three in my opinion <laughs> It has to be three. I don't, no, I don't know. It makes it feel so much more dramatic for something that's already yeah. so dramatic and so silly. Like it, it's just perfect. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But uh, like all of the characters in each episode and all of your shorts, honestly, are are so incredible and adorable and sometimes horrifying. Um, <laughs> but I just I adore your characters so much, and I'm wondering kind of what your character design process is like and where you find inspiration for these characters. Mm, thank you. Um, yeah, I think character design is like the most central thing of my work, I feel like, so that I spend a lot of time making sketches um, and like correcting and going over them until I feel like, I think I, it's always a gut feeling, like there's a moment when it clicks and I look into the eyes of a character and I feel some sort of like connection. I feel like it's, it's alive, it's kind of it's born and uh, I feel like I need to feel empathy or sympathy or maybe dislike, you know, I need to look into its face and kind of hate it. Like, you have to feel something. To... Yeah, I have to feel something, exactly. And so I'm like, I don't know, moving things around and redrawing things until this sort of spark ignites. Um, I guess I draw a lot of inspiration. Yeah, I don't know, from like little scribbles and drawings that I find here and there of characters that make me feel pity, I think. That I like, it's like some, I don't know, there's a Twitter, um, I don't know the name of it, like, that I follow of like um, uh, medieval drawings from books. It really just like moves something inside of you to see those characters. And then like, that's maybe enough. You don't even take it as a model per se, but it's just like the sort of feeling of like, yeah, I, I often feel pity, I think. And then it's just like the sort of feeling of, oh, it's cute. And, you know, it's well, yeah, these, these so characters sad. look like, <laughs> abominations of nature like they, they yeah, shouldn't exactly. exist yet they do and I they, love you you can't not feel pity for them yeah yeah I love that I look a lot at that <laughs> and I look a lot of um I love yokai you know those oh, uh, yeah. Japanese folklore yeah creatures and spirits that's something that I really like cherish I have a bunch of books about that and I think I always look at those for inspiration for character design but also for world building I think um this you know they did this insane thing of like building this whole world of like characters that are a little bit connected that have stories that like they're not like they're not a full you know they're not a narrative per se but they're mm -hmm. like just, just they are they are a universe of things they are a world and i think well, that, i like find that super the, inspiring like the folklore kind of yeah it's the folklore yeah yeah, yeah. It's folklore i mean that's in any culture folklore is like that i guess but it's uh yeah, definitely some like like interesting inspiration that I would not. Oh, really, really. <laughs> no, but yeah, you mentioned kind of like I don't know. You mentioned in working on your characters, doing a lot of iterations of sketches, um, and I'm wondering, just talking about that, if you keep a sketchbook, um, and if that's like something that's a part of your practice or not so much, and if that's just uh, kind of something you do more so when sketching out characters. So I. I used to always have a sketchbook in art school and um, the time before, but then sort of art school kind of took the fun out of it for me, the sketching um, mm. professors or like, I don't know, like some something about sketching on paper and having to fill those pages really stressed me out. Like I couldn't keep a sketchbook for many, many years after graduating. Mm. Like I just physically couldn't, like it made me stress out immediately. So I kind of, it's not that dramatic, but I like didn't have fun sketching um just for the sake of it for the longest time, but I've been trying to get back into it. Like I'm not keeping a sketchbook. I'm trying to trick myself by just like sketching pieces of paper instead of in a book. I mean, it's a bit silly, but it works. Like I'm, I mean, I'm usually sketching before projects. 
mm-hmm. like to kind of first put my thoughts on paper before I go to the computer because I think more random things happen on paper and um, I like those like little random accidents but I have a hard time sketching just for the sake of sketching without a project in mind and I'm trying to get back into that because I think it also adds to the quality of people's work like to, to keep a ske- like to keep inspiring yourself in the world you know not just on projects yeah, but it's, it, I find it difficult. I don't know how you feel about sketching. I, like- I, I totally agree. I think it, for me, it's really, really difficult. Um, yeah. And I, a lot of the time, feel like I'm such a digital artist that it's really hard mm. for me to kind of switch over to a physical medium and create something that I think looks good even. But I think that's the whole point of sketching is to make something that doesn't look good. Um, yeah, exactly. To kind of embrace that. But yeah. again, yeah, I'm such a perfectionist that I have a really hard hard time doing that. Um, yeah. And I used to keep a lot of sketchbooks. But again, yeah, in school, I think kind of having, we would have like these like sketchbook check-ins and stuff. Yeah, and, and exactly. And would be told to bring in our personal sketchbooks, um, which was kind of weird to me because they were like our personal sketchbooks. Yeah. Um, not ones that we were keeping for the class or anything. And then we would have to share those. And that wasn't something that I wanted to really necessarily be sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the texture that you use, um, I'm kind of wondering if you can talk about the boils in your work. Um, because <laughs> like some stuff boils, some stuff doesn't boil. And I feel like it all plays such an important role in like guiding the eye through your animation. Um, and some yeah, just kind of wondering how you play with boils in your work. I love that question because I honestly thought that people don't realize that I'm boiling my texture. <laughs> like I don't know, I, I for the like I, I I I boil everything. Basically, I always want to boil every single thing that I animate. No, it's like, it's one of my favorite things about your work. Oh, uh, that's amazing. I think like I, it makes me feel like it's valuable that I'm doing it because it is like adding work. But like, I'm, I mean, I'm starting out boiling every single tiny object and it's obviously too much. You know, it makes your eyeballs curl up inside. Um, so I'm going from there and then I'm taking away to create a balance. Like it's really oh, just really? a gut feeling. Yeah, it's stupid, but it's, um, yeah, so, I, I, so I don't do it like- So stuff gets boiled that doesn't make it into the final. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I know, okay, this thing is not going to get boiled. Like mm-hmm. this, I, you know, I, I do learn with my mistakes, but um, I tend to overboil at first. <laughs> I tend to boil <laughs> too much and then I take it out. Yeah. Just to kind of like until it until it feels balanced and yeah. Al dente animation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so funny. So how, like, what are your, I, I guess for lack of a better word, what are your like, rules for what you do and what you don't boil now i mean i think i try to boil things that move like when there's an object that moves that's like a kind of like a i don't know like not a not a static object that moves but like more like a character i think Mm -hmm. i try to boil at least a tiny little bit of the surface to make it look alive but um sometimes that's too much and then sometimes or I boil something and then everything else also has to get boiled because it's just kind of in contrast and looking dead so I'm, I'm just like I don't have a, I wish I had a rule but I don't really like I'm just kind of I'm just kind of going with the balance like I'm looking at the images and then I feel like something's lacking and I'm either the putting vibes. the ball back in it's just the vibes yeah yeah <laughs> 
unfortunately, you know, I think I, I wish I was a bit more streamlined with that. I mean, it, it's not that massive of like, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference time-wise. The, the whole No, but I, like I feel like that's kind of so, how it has to be with each film. Like you just kind of have to test it and see, you know, with each character, how the boil works, you know, it, it's just one of those yeah. things that's different every time, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But no, it really is like one of my favorite things about your work and how the textures boil, particularly okay. with like that grain that transfers over from the litho. Um, like <laughs> it, it, it just looks so nice and it's so like pleasing to watch. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> so I'm curious, like moving from all these physical mediums and doing like physical sketches of your characters to digital, what's that process like? And I guess on like a technical note, what kind of programs do you work in? I work kind of exclusively in Photoshop and After Effects, yeah. So I, I okay. played around with TV paint. I did some stuff with that and I, it kind of had the same results, but my workflow just, you know, coming from illustration, I'm very familiar and very comfortable with Photoshop. So that's um, how I draw my images. And I have like a tiny little, plugin that's super old and open source and that doesn't really like i'm every time i update my program i'm scared it's gonna get lost but it, it doesn't like it just makes the um the onion scanning a little bit easier and the which, adding um, frames. which plugin is it uh i don't know if you know yeah I, I, I don't know it's not it's like I, I they don't update it anymore that's why i'm always a bit scared no but i i feel like a lot of <laughs> a lot of the animators i talk with still use that plugin and we're uh, all great. kind of hanging on and praying that yeah that it doesn't become obsolete one day just all of a sudden yeah because using the video timeline without it it's kind of a kind of a pain i think <laughs> well photoshop isn't an animation program but <laughs> no it's not it, it's what i feel like so many people use myself included yeah. Um, and these plugins just make it maybe like a step closer to an animation program. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it really is a horrifying concept that we're all going to wake up one day and this might just stop working. Yeah. Yeah. I hate <laughs> the fact that like my, I think also stylistically, my, my work is so much determined by what tools I use. <laughs> like mm. I hate it. And it, at the same time, it's normal. I mean, it's like that with every craft, I guess. But right. since Adobe is not like kind of my favorite thing in the world in general, I think, you know, there's lots to criticize about it. I wish I could like go into open source programs just as easily and use them. But it's unfortunately right. not there yet for me. So I have to. You know, but it's yeah, it's interesting how it kind of like determines how we work and what we do in the end. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Do you ever work physically? Um, like, do you when you're animating? At least, I guess. Um, have you ever done any like physical animations that don't have any digital components to them? At the very beginning of when I started animating, I did stop motion and yeah, I don't know stop motion drawing. There's maybe a term for it. You know, mm -hmm. when you I crafted a down shooter, a very dangerous down shooter camera <laughs> onto my on my on my drawing desk and I drew on a piece of paper, erase, took a photo, you know, like this whole thing, you know, where you just continue one drawing. Mm -hmm. This I did like kind of too because I couldn't like understand all on the same how, sheet of paper. All on the same sheet of paper until right. it kind of falls, <laughs> falls apart. So this is like what I did a lot. I did a lot of that at the beginning because I couldn't wrap my head around how to make things move any other way like because i like there was no like assistance no guidance at art school there were no animators right. there so it was just like i just thought i'm doing it like that i can imagine 
I can see how to continue drawing, but of course it's super limited. Um, but that was really fun. I think the textures were really cool. What came out um, out of that process, and then I mean, I tried a little bit of frame by frame on paper, um, some other moments, but never full project. Only like just you know a gift or something like that. It's just like it takes too much time for me. Right. Um, yeah, I I find it incredible when people do it. I find it super impressive. I love how it looks, but I think I don't have the patience for it personally. Animation already takes so much time that yeah, when you when you work in a in a medium that's so much faster, going back to the other is yeah not the most appealing thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever try like animating with your prints at all? No, never. No. Is that something no, animation... like, you might want to do? Oh, I find it super. Um, I there's like some I think Japanese animator. I, don't, I forgot his name. Who, who's doing that with um? I think it's with Rizo printing. Mm. It's so beautiful. But again, I think I can't. Like I, right. I, I feel it's too. <laughs> I and I think like the. I don't see myself um, wanting to pursue this sort of aesthetic enough to do that. I, right. I don't know. Like I, I find it insane and 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 beautiful, but um, I don't think it's me to do that somehow. Somehow I don't. Even though it would no, be like, yeah, it would be so cool completely. To try, but but yeah. at the same time, mm -hmm. it's like again, it, like I, I, and I feel exactly the same way, which is why I'm curious and I ask. But yeah. um, <laughs> no, it's like it, it's just so much work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and not not the kind of work that I necessarily want to be doing. Like I want to be animating, not like registering my prints and focusing on all of that and everything. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I would also love to talk about your relationship to color here, um, just because I feel like that is also kind of important with your background in printmaking and coming from that too. Um, and so when I tend to think of your work, my mind immediately goes to black and white. Um, but you also have so much beautiful work and kind of full color as well. Um, and so like your short spring tea, for example, has such a soft and gorgeous color palette. Um, and that kind of seems to contrast like a lot of the other work you do that's like very stark black and white. Um, and then there's also this other work that exists kind of in the middle where there's a lot of gray tones and kind of gradations and stuff. And so I'm kind of wondering what role you think color plays in your work and at what point in the project do you decide if it should be in color or black and white? Mm. Yeah, so I I think for the longest time, the first years of animating, I exclusively animated in black and white. So that was just a choice I made partly naturally, just coming from printmaking because it was like an aesthetic that I was used to also because I was already overwhelmed, you know, by, by, by animating. So I thought I, I, I keep it simple and I'm concentrating on the movement on, on the shapes and, and black and white just felt quite like fitted for that. Um, but I also, you know, I love the aesthetic of black and white. I love the punchiness, the, the crazy contrast. I love the, the atmosphere it gives, um, the little bit of, you know, an eeriness. Um, I also really like that, you know, you can't really identify. Uh, materials in black and white so much. You know, if I show you an apple in black and white, it's never quite sure if it's an apple, you know, it could be something else. This sort of hint of 
you know, unfamiliarity, I guess. I, I really enjoy that. But I think I sort of like, because going in so strongly with black and white, that's how people sort of recognized my work at the beginning, which I'm really grateful for that they, you know, that I started getting commissions for this sort of work in the first place. But it's also, you know, like then it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. It's kind of this circle mm -hmm. of, you know, people come to you because they've seen this work and I'm always going to be grateful for whatever work I get. But at the same time, I really started the last couple of years longing to do things in color because it's just, um, at first it was like a decision I made because it, it made sense for the films that I was making and it felt like a challenge maybe also at times, but then it really became a strong comfort zone for me, you know, like the black and white mm. and the color became kind of like a bit scary to imagine. So I recently, the last, I don't know, three, four years slowly started kind of stepping into color a bit more and just like told myself, I'm going to make, I'm going to just going to make short films and in color no matter if people ask me for them or not. So I just like, it just, I need to do it. And then Spring Tea was actually the first full short film that I made in color. And I was also surprised that the colors that came out of me were like really sweet. You know, they're very, like they're very much in contrast to the black and white. But I right. think it is because of, yeah, I don't know, for like years, I felt like I deprived myself of the possibility to work with like half tones, you know, mm. when you have a black, black and when when you do very strong black and white, you can't, um, put a black object on a black background you know it's <laughs> you always have right. to put the, you know like the contrast and i find it super cool and super satisfying to work with like colors that are kind of the same tone you know but mm. you know like a pastel green and a pastel pink it's still going to work together you're still going to see the objects like on the background and i find that really um super satisfying and super like it, it expands my you know like my vocabulary to work like that Mm. So not even like necessarily just working in color, but the colors themselves can influence the composition of your animation too, I guess. hundred percent. Yeah. That's really cool. I was surprised also to find that it gets much easier like that. I feel like I've been training huh. with, with weights on for many years <laughs> and I, and the weights fall off and I jump into, you know, of course it's still, it, 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 it bears other challenges, but somehow it feels very greasy to me to, I can just pick colors and then it's gonna like it's gonna work together it feels a little bit more like forgiving black and white is not forgiving right you know you yeah. have you have uh, you like struggled at all in getting back into color and like creating palettes or has that also felt like really natural in getting into all of this um it felt pretty natural i think by then my like my desire for it was so strong that i um that i just like went for it and also like right. just allowed myself to do whatever colors because i thought it's not going to count. It's, it doesn't matter right now what colors I'm using. <laughs> I'm just doing what colors I like to see, you know, around me, like just um, things that make me happy, I think. I think right now it's it's quite like, yeah, like, I don't know, the sweet, some sort of a sweet uh, color palette that kind of develop. But I, I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. I've been recently animating a music video in color and in black and white which I found was really cool also. Like oh, to, like at the same time? Yeah, at the same time. So like uh, some scenes are black and white and some are in color. And I wanted to kind of see what happens. And it's really, it was really um, fun to do that. Mm. Is that coming out sometime soon? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, okay, actually. cool. <laughs> Fingers crossed, we'll keep our eyes out. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> so I feel like in addition to color, and it's something we've talked about a lot already, but um, sound plays such an important role in creating that kind of like 
visceral feeling um, with some of your animations. And I'm wondering what your process is like for working with sound, given you know your history. Um, and if when you finish your animation, you hand it off to someone or you kind of work with a sound designer while you're animating. Um, yeah, just what your process mm. is like for that, I guess. Mm, so yeah, my really, it very much depends on the kind of project I'm doing. I mean, obviously for music videos, which I probably love the most, uh, I have the sound right off the start. So that gives me the base. But then when I work on short films and I have the time, I like to ideally make a rough, hand that off to sound designer or to musician, get a rough version of their sound back, um, and then kind of like respond to that and try to incorporate things that they they maybe put into the sound that I didn't think of and then kind of model my animation around it. And I, ideally I like to go back and forth a little bit. Um, so it sort of weaves into each other a little bit stronger. But in reality, when I work for shorts like the cooking series, there's not so much time or that's not the, I don't know, there's not the space to go back and forth that many times. So mm -hmm. I, um, I also feel totally comfortable just like finishing the thing from my side handing it off to the sound designer and then seeing whatever comes out in the end. I think it's the most fun part of animating to me is to see it come to life with sound somehow. Um, yeah, it's like a fun little surprise. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I'm I'm always excited about that. So I'm, I, I'm really, I'm comfortable with all of the things, but I prefer to have it a um, bit more of a conversation, I think. Hmm. That's the most uh, interesting to me. Do you ever do your own sound? I have done a tiny little, little bit, but as I said, like, I think, um, because it's, I don't know, I love the surprise, you know, when you've seen a video of yourself so, so long, for such a long time, so intensely, um, it's really hard to kind of step away from it, I feel like, and then um, maybe surprise yourself with the sound. I, I have the feeling, you know, um, it's always fun for me. It's always a little reward to get it sent back with the sound on. But I think, going forward i would like to do that more i've been like kind of thinking about recording i actually like my dream is to make a sort of a concept album and then animate all of my music videos to that like a That's video like kind for of the, each song in that for album. my yeah for what i've recorded but oh, i find I it really that. like yeah that's that's like the big like that's a dream that i have but i find it surprisingly the things that i write myself and the music that I make myself, I feel like it, it doesn't fit my animation style somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I, maybe it's just me who feels like that, but I'm, <laughs> that's why I've never done it so far. I mean, but I, I would like that. more curious to see the yeah. combination of the two. Like. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but I would like that. I would like that, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm curious if you don't feel like your animations necessarily fit your own music and working on other music videos. Um, what's your process like for working with lyrics, I guess, or creating the content for the video? Mm, I'm really blessed with the fact that musicians tend to give me all of the space so I can like, um, I mean, usually when I work with musicians, they already approach me because there's some sort of connection and some sort of liking to my work. So I can basically, I'm completely free to do whatever I want, but I'm like surely always trying to base it off of the lyrics and off of the, um, the content for the song. I think it's, I also like, I don't have a rule for that, I guess, but I, I always try to first listen to the song, 
um, make my own sort of story in my head. And then I'm going to ask, usually I ask um, if there's any more things that the musician wants to share with me about maybe where the song was written in what context or um, what it means to them. I, I am trying to really kind of do justice to the music and to the lyric as much as I can. But at the same time, I feel incredibly free most of the time to, to also put in my little interpretation of what I'm feeling. Mm. Right. Yeah. I, cause I feel like so many people just don't listen to the music at all. <laughs> really? And it's, it's, it, it, like it still works because people find mm -hmm. their own meaning in whatever they're seeing or they're listening to and they can find connections in whatever. Um, but I, I always do appreciate hearing when people kind of like listen to the music and, and create their own story to that and mm. like feel the song really. But I think that's probably like the difference because you're a musician too. Right. <laughs> like Yeah, I can't imagine any other way to be no, honest. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> no. no. I mean sometimes I see animated music videos and even if they're really cool, but it's like it frustrates me when it's not when there are like obvious things with the beat or something that are not being played with. Right. That's stuff that I feel like um people sometimes don't care about. But I always assume that people would listen to the song before. Of course. <laughs> yeah. No, but even even the stuff with it's crazy. like cutting to the beat. Yeah. No. Um I guess shifting gears a tiny bit. Um I'd love to talk a little bit about beside myself. Um and so for anyone who isn't familiar, um would you mind introducing the project? Yeah, sure. So beside myself, um it's a short film I did last year together with a boy called Carl Jacob who's a dreamer, I guess you could say. He's like streaming um games and all sorts of content. He's a content creator. Um and a musician called Richie Woods. And um, so Carl approached me with uh, an idea, like he had a little story written about a shadow that's uh, disconnected from its human and then sort of runs into the night frantically looking for the human. And um, but like in the process of that discovers that the world is actually quite beautiful, even without, you know, the the human that he's usually attached to and in the end they're re reunited um so that's the gist of the, the short and carl approached me because he i think he saw cooking somewhere um and he's a animation enthusiast and he wanted to visualize this uh, this idea that he had um so yeah and then we like he paired me up with a musician and we worked on this um yeah, it was, uh, it was a breeze. It was an absolute, like, it was super nice um, to work. I, I love working with writers also in general. I love when people come with ideas to me. Um, and in this case, I mean, Carl was just the sweetest person to, like, I, he was super passionate about the whole thing the whole time. Um, left me a lot of space to um, also come in with my own ideas and tell him, you know, like, maybe this would look cool or that would look cool. And he was like very appreciative of, appreciative of the whole process and very interested in just, I think, seeing how this thing would come together. And um, yeah, that's, that's, the that's thing. Yeah. really cool to hear. Cause I feel like 
it's honestly pretty rare for for independent animators to work with writers for shorts um and to hear that it was so collaborative um and then you got kind of so much freedom um yeah is really really cool yeah I got lucky with that I think I was I I didn't know him before at all so it was just like kind of out of the blue um this person approaching me who I've never met um but like right the the first time we talked to each other I had the feeling that it was gonna go well because he just seemed really respectful and really like extremely open um polite I don't know there was just a, a thing with chemistry that I felt like yeah he's I'm gonna I'm trusting him that it's gonna it's gonna be cool to work with him mm. yeah and you mentioned you love working with writers have you worked with other writers before and not not enough um I have so I mentioned that I went to um do a little film postgrad um a couple of years ago and I did a sort of a diploma project there and I tried to be a writer you know like I tried to because I you know I got to animation through music and and not at all through wanting to tell stories really like I realized but I thought I, I always felt like a little bit of an imposter I guess concerning this and I thought I have to I have to train myself to be a writer. You know, good animators are good writers. I, you know, I have to write a story, and I try to write a story, and it really sucks. Um, I had an idea. The idea was okay, but just the way that I wrote it, it was all over the place, and it was no fun. Um, and then I ended up going to a very good friend of mine, who's an incredible writer, and uh, I gave her just the gist of it. I just told her, I think, over the phone, the like the key points of my story, and I told her, please make this a good story, and she. Yeah, she she wrote the story for me. So this was like kind of the other occasion that I worked with a writer. Mm. But I guess it's different because she didn't come to me for um, visualizing her idea. But in the end, she wrote the story and was being the writer on that project. And I, I love that. It was it's just so much more fun for me. Yeah, I've I've worked <laughs> on two projects, um, I guess, with writers yeah. and both times it's been my favorite experience with animation I've ever had um yeah. just because I feel like everything that kind of like stresses me out about world building and character creation was just taken care of and I was yeah. just able to focus on the animation creating the composition and like having fun with it yeah you know and I, I love telling stories but I think I get so caught up in the details so much of the time that it's like hard for me to focus on what I want to focus on um, yeah and so working with a writer I think is a really really cool way to kind of circumnavigate that as an animator yeah I, I think that's the best when you realize you know where your strengths are and or your weaknesses or where you would get lost in and then just say you know I surrender to that and I you know maybe you know that's, I think it's really cool I would really like to do that more often totally <laughs> yeah <laughs> In terms of things that like you've been working on, um, in addition to beside myself, uh, you've been working on some games recently. Um, mm. and so I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about that, just because I feel like that's really exciting in the world of animation too. Yeah, so I have started working on games already while I was studying together with my brother, who he actually came from painting. He's a painter, <laughs> but he went into making games at some point. He just shifted gears and uh, taught himself how to make games. And then we started making game jams um, where I did the visuals. Uh, he's also like, he did some games on his own with a visual style that's incredible, very, very weird and very unique. But um, he, I think, enjoys very much, just like us, but the writers, you know, giving away that part um, to somebody else. And we 
work very well together. So we have um, made a bunch of game gems and then we worked on one huge game that took four years or something, which is called Panko Park. It's a mm -hmm. game where you're exploring a, like sort of an abandoned wildlife park, sitting in a cart and you have to take photos of uh, creatures. And um, through that photo taking, you unlock and discover the world and, you know, kind of understand and, and find out the story of this park, which is a little bit strange. Um, so at the beginning, it was supposed to take three months. Um, and it ended up being four years and uh, everything that games, as games do as games do. And I, and I thought up to that point, you know, animation takes long, but games are just something else. Games are something else. But oh, of course, because animation yeah, is just one teeny little part of a game. Teeny little part of the game. And you can like an animation, you can control, you know, you have control over what the, what the audience gets to see. And in and, and the game, there is, so much to consider that oh you god know, forbid oh my god <laughs> um and i don't i don't know the process has been so much fun and has been so devastating at the same time i it's just all of the feelings um game making games is crazy right. it's just like I'm, I'm very grateful that i get to do this because it also like sort of I, it, it expanded i think my my view on visuals and, and on, on world building also you know yeah I don't know. I, I like have some ideas for games and they're all like really simple little things, but I feel like the simple little things are the most fun um, because mm -hmm. like it's something that you can come back to over and over again without having to like sit down for, you know, like three or four hours um, and like really go in. And I feel like Hanko yeah. Park kind of has that like feeling where you really could just kind of like drop in if you wanted to yeah. for like a few minutes That's, um, and yeah. just kind of like go explore for a little bit. Um, yeah. But That's that true. game, you you pushed it out to like a bunch of platforms, right? Like it was on Switch yeah. too. It's on um, Switch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was that whole process like? Ah, uh, that was insane. I mean, just the fact that we got onto it was um, just a childhood dream come true for us. Right. You know, I mean, that was just uh, really really cool. Then the whole kind of technical aspect was complicated, I think, but it didn't have that much to do with me anymore. I think my brother suffered through. You know, kind of making it compatible with Switch um, was complicated, and I think he didn't enjoy it. But the because fact it was that we got on there for PC, so yeah, we started yeah. out just um, on Steam, um, PC, not even Mac, just PC, and um, then relatively quickly, so we self-published the game, um, and then we applied to put it onto Switch, which usually when you don't have a publisher, it's kind of like, I think it seems like a bit difficult, mm -hmm. but somehow they approved us. Um, and then this whole thing started. Um, we, in the meantime, worked with a publisher and then stopped working with a publisher again. So in the end, we're like self-publishing again um, and we put it onto Switch and it's on all of the things now. Um, I mean, like on Mac and PC and Switch. All of the things. Yeah. <laughs> all of the, just those things actually. <laughs> It's like there's more things that we're not on, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was crazy. This whole project was kind of crazy. It was really great, and we learned a bunch. But it was also, um, yeah, it was tough. Like it was chewy. It took yeah. long. We, you know, four years. A lot happens in four years. We were three. Yeah. You know, we we're actually like my brother and another friend of ours, who's a childhood friend. It was yeah, it was it was kind of crazy to stay that long on one project, and I don't intend on doing yeah. that again anytime soon like i'm 
so like we recently so we took a my brother and i took a break from making games afterwards mm -hmm. so we had I was to gonna just ask. kind of I, yeah. I feel like that would be necessary after that it was necessary and yeah. it, like i think it's been now at least one and a half years i think since we've uh kind of finished the last uh, patches and everything um and we needed that time to sort of re-concentrate and like center <laughs> and see what's like what's left of the fun also of like working together i think with a sibling is great but it's also um you know you have to be careful that the relationship doesn't suffer too much i think from working yeah. together i think there's like um there's a sort of an intuitive understanding that we have because we grew up with each other but at the same time there's also no filter to the criticism and there's like little buttons you can push um you can trigger each other in a way that you could with nobody else and that's like complicated when you work together but at the same time it's also like very honest and therefore i think the result is great but we had to like we had to take a break from it but we're just starting just the two of us uh, started a new project and seeing you know like just no strings attached um just a little thing uh to see how much fun it is and it's really fun like we're really like having a lot of oh, fun I'm right so now. Excited. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm glad about that too yeah i'm i'm still i'm still having fun with that okay good yeah as long as all of the fun wasn't sucked out of it um no no yeah <laughs> Or maybe it was, and now that you've taken a break, it's back. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. But no, that, that makes me happy that you haven't let that game be the end of you after four years. <laughs> no, no, because if anything, you, you go out of those things and then you're like, you realize so many things um, that could have gone better and that would be cooler in the next project. And mm. I think also like visually, I feel like I've, I'm very proud of how it turned out, but it's not necessarily... I was very much victim of like, I had to um, understand, you know, like you can't do anything that you want to do uh, visually with a game. You know, you have right. to really obey the, the the game design. And with this one, it was very strongly that, and I felt like by the end, maybe it's not as much me actually visually than I would have, than I would have liked. Mm. And I think, and then it like over the last year and year or so, I realized I would like to, try making games again a bit more with my identity and a bit more with what i actually like to do visually you know a bit stronger oh, cool. i mean I'm i love tango cards for but, yeah. next then yeah. i'm really excited <laughs> so do you have uh do you have any hobbies or interests kind of outside of the world of animation that um you like to pursue that might influence your work at all or even if it doesn't oh. influence your work what kind of things are you interested in um outside of the world of art that might influence my work. I'm not so sure if there's anything because I try to find, you know, like hobbies that are very far away from it somehow. Mm -hmm. But I, I love. I think um, that's good. I think that's healthy. Yeah, <laughs> I think like I'm, I'm just like kind of naturally sort of, you know, I can't paint for fun or something like that. It's just. Right. <laughs> but um, I love uh, language learning actually. Like I'm mm. really, really into like um for the last couple of years uh learning Japanese. That's my kind of number one hobby I really think. yeah i don't know i'm really already before that I, I, i've always been fascinated by learning languages just because i like i don't know like i love traveling and then communicating with people but also i find it super interesting to see cultures reflected through speech i think that's super like just fascinating mm. to me and um my brother lives in japan so i kind of 
have occasion to go there and interest in speaking with my, you know, uh, sister-in-law and her family and all of that. So I kind of started learning Japanese and it's really, um, it's the thing that I spend a lot of time with somehow, you know, you can really lose a lot of time learning the characters. And, mm. um, how are you, how are you learning and, it yeah. through like an app or a program or? So I started with Duolingo just because mm -hmm. it was the most, uh, approachable easy right <laughs> first step um and then i'm taking classes i had some like i classes um mm -hmm. i then have wani kani that's an app to learn kanji so that's the, the chinese characters that are so complicated okay. um to memorize um yeah those things basically i'm, I'm trying to read books and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so cool yeah no I feel that's like a hobby uh, that would take a lot of free time <laughs> yeah so yeah that's a hobby and i like sewing i love sewing. it's another oh, okay. Very, okay. languages just to get back to the hobbies yeah another thing that i've always wanted to do um i guess to to finish up here um one question that i always ask kind of just at the end is if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring animators or anyone looking to stick with the medium what would that be Mm, so I think for me, something that was really important starting out was just creating whatever and not caring if it's good or not. I think that was a thing that I like, I just intuitively did. And I ended up really being happy about that. That I like, I back then I had mm. a Tumblr um, and I put, RIP. yeah, oh my God, they censored all of my, all of my gifts are pornography, <laughs> allegedly. And I, and I just like never recovered them ridiculous but yeah back in the days when it was still of working I, I put gifts on there every time I made something and they really they really were very bad and not very interesting but just a little bit of um, feedback that I got th through that and the habit of showing and the habit of creating um, I think was really valuable and I've seen back at my art school it was kind of I don't know if they changed it but it was normal and it was possible to um, postpone your graduation, you know, to say I'm graduating in whatever June, but I'm not ready yet with my project. So I'm adding another semester and adding another two semesters. Mm, and then people ended okay. up working on their graduation projects for like three years sometimes. And I always, you know, like, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but surely two, you know, like two years or so. Right. I've seen people wow. work on just a graduation project. And I always thought that it's so insane to me that they are kind of putting so much value. I mean, there's like there are amazing graduation projects that win Oscars or would go very far. But at the end of the day, it's most likely to just be a graduation project. And then afterwards you kind of start your real work and your real life. And I think it's super okay to produce bad work. I think that is something that I would maybe advise. I think it's really okay and it's really good to make bad work and also to show it to people. I feel like you don't learn. I mean, it's such a like, I, I don't know. So many people have said that before me, you know, but it's important. You only learn from your mistakes. And I think it's, um, there's no shame in that. I think when you, yeah, I don't know. My graduation, I made a graduation from this act. It was terrible, but it still like brought me somewhere, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, one of the most important things um and i think it's like a trap that everyone falls into now with social media yeah. of only sharing um you know super super highly polished work which creates this really weird kind of toxic feeling um but 
No, I think it's so important to share bad work, you know, not polished work, work in progress, like all of this stuff. And you'll realize that it's not bad work. You know, it's it's sometimes like people won't even think that it's work in progress. Yeah. People love seeing behind the yeah. scenes. And it, it's like, I think it all goes back to like skill sharing and, and showing people like how you're creating. Yeah. But yeah, it's like people don't really do enough of that unfortunately and because people don't do enough of that it's not talked about and then it's like the cyclical thing so no we we have to start doing exactly that um and kind of sharing more bad work yeah (laughs) i i think that's like my one number one sort of advice i think i don't know i'm 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 victim to that also i'm i think i tend to Oh, we all yeah, are. like I, I, I used to share more freely and I don't anymore because I feel like now I have to be professional. Now I can't, you know, um, I can't afford slip up, you know, it doesn't, but it, it's, you know, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. I think it's important to keep doing. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. And there's always the archive button. on Exactly. And I do that. <laughs> I make use of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Eleanor. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time today. It's been such a joy getting to speak with you. Thank you, Light. I'm super grateful um, for you making this podcast in the first place. You know, for people like me who are working at home, don't have that much of an animation community around them. You know, I think it's great to go back to your podcast and being able to, you know, connect. I think it's great. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Next time, I'm sitting down with none other than Rahman Jafari. Rahman and I had such a fantastic chat that I truly can't wait to share with you, discussing everything from their journey into 3D, characters and inspiration, and so much more. I hope to see you then, next time, on Boiled Over. Boiled Over.